0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views. I'm Lou and I'm here with Dan and this is the podcast where we take a bit of a random subject each week and, well, cast some views. So this week we decided to go to the polls and we put it out on Twitter (laughs) um, and it came back that the subject of choice that people wanted us to talk about was gaming and kind of our history with gaming. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start with you because you are slightly older and so therefore probably have a little bit more experience in different types of gaming from the earlier days. And then I feel like, yeah, I'll I'll interject when it becomes applicable for me.
1: (laughs) This is where my age comes in handy on this. Yeah, no, so the poll gaming one, I was going to ask for a recount, but I actually was pleased gaming one. So uh, (laughs) the, the results stood. I want to talk about the history of gaming rather than our history. Sorry, of gaming rather than just specific games i go back to um so my first computer was the commodore 64 i mean um are you aware of that one or
0: yeah i've heard of the commodore 64 wouldn't be able to tell you what one looked like
1: <laughs> <laughs> well they called it I th- his nickname was the bread bin because um, it kind of looked like a big doorstop bread bin yes yeah, so it was an eight-bit computer and i remember my dad got it he bought it off someone it was kind of like second a at hand and it was a bag full of cassettes because it was um it came with a tape deck and and the games were on cassette so yeah no instant loading it, it it'd take like minutes i can't remember exactly but games literally you'd be sitting there you, basically what you would do you'd get the tape going you'd go away you'd have have something to eat, or you'd go you'd go watch tv <laughs> and then come back and you'd hope it load because sometimes they would fail if there was a bit of dirt on the tape head or you'd sometimes have to realign, there was like a little, little spiral or something that you'd adjust. And if that wasn't lined up right, you'd, you'd be waiting like five minutes and the game wouldn't load. <laughs> yeah, the, the the pain was real. But the thing about it was that the games were really cheap. I think the budget games were 199 or 299 And if I remember right, the top like premium games were 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 nine ninety nine, which as a kid then you know was
0: was quite a lot. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, it's different from today's like retail price of like sixty five quid, in it, for like a mainstream <laughs> release? <laughs> but but what it meant was though,
1: because I think anyone could put out games, especially early on. It felt I think you had loads of people doing them in the bedroom, but that did mean you got a load of dross as well. <laughs> But I used to remember like going down to the, the newsagent because, yeah, at the time, then even like you had, we had Woolworths, which probably would be in a shops that you don't have in, on the high street anymore. Episode they would do it. I think they were in WHF. I think Boots even sold computer games at the time. Yeah. So, so that was my first computer and my first game. I ever played was rambo first blood part two
0: that's a very youth you game to play isn't it, it
1: was it was <laughs> it's, it's probably like the the uh, the call of duty at the time but you know these games were very simple affairs so they were like um obviously you can imagine the graphics quite basic but decent decent for the time i think and they were like either single screen games that flipped over or just sort of like side scrolling levels that repeated and and this was basically one level and if you knew what to do, you could probably do it in a couple of minutes and then it would just repeat and that was it. It would say, right, now you've got to go save some more hostages or something and it would just repeat. <laughs> but the loading screen, it was great because when, when that was it. When um, the game's loaded, they just had loads of flashing lights. It was, it was like, imagine just a screen full of lines of random lights just flashing all over the place. But then some games would have like a, a graphic of the game in on it. So for Rambo... It filled in each line and it was a picture of him holding the classic, the the like the rocket propelled grenade launcher from the film <laughs> with the theme tune. But yeah, and then, oh, and then what it was, I think it was Konami, I think. They introduced, and this is how long games took to load, right? They introduced the ability to play a game like Space Invaders while the game itself was loading. <laughs>
0: because you could complete a full game of that before like
1: (laughs) so can you imagine that you're playing a game while a game is loading (laughs) there was other sort of similar systems my cousin had a vic 20 it was a commodore again it was a vic 20 and um, he had a there was a game called tour de france which obviously was based on the tour de france but we called it a a joystick waggler (laughs) and by that i mean there were a number of games where you'd have to waggle the joystick left and right like a An athletics game to make the character run and this was i think to make the bike accelerate we each had our own joystick because then you had like imagine like an xbox or playstation controller but there was a whole market of them and you'd find the one that suited you (laughs) and so we would swap between each level because this was like it it took it out of you i mean as a kid you know this was our exercise and we'd swap the joysticks and i remember at one point because the joystick port was next to the power lead when we'd got like the furthest in the game I knocked the power lead out instead of unplugging the joystick and, and, and an actual fight ensued between me and my cousin. We had, we had a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and and another game I had is, um, it was called Chase HQ. And it was like a, a police car game. And the first part of the, the level was you chasing up to a criminal. And then the second part was you had to damage them in a certain set amount of time. Um, And I, on the Commodore 64, I think it was probably one of the worst ports of it. But, um, you had to load each level, so you'd load the first level. If you completed it, you'd have to on the, the you'd have to load the next level on the tape. And then if you completed that, you'd have to load. load. So at one point, you'd have to flip the tape over. And when it got to that, the game would always crash for me. But I loved the game so much, I was playing it. But then one time, it actually worked. But my muscle memory was to turn the, the computer off, and I did. So I don't. I, I think I actually threw the tape out when it did that because I thought I can't. I can't do that anymore. But yeah. So these were, like I said, these were um, games. You just you got you got all sorts because, like I said, they were $1.99, So people were just churning them out.
0: So back then, was gaming generally pretty accessible? So like, were like systems? So like a Commodore sixty four. What was price? Kind of you know. See what we'll get an adjuster as well. See how much it would be. Kind
1: yeah, of have available. a look. Have um, a look. I'm not, do you know what? I'm not sure. I actually loved it I bought recently the mini Commodore 64 and it you know brought back some memories but it's it's never the same they had um Ghostbusters on it which I absolutely loved and they had the theme tune at the start with the lyrics that you could sing along to it karaoke style with a little ball that bounced along on the lyrics <laughs> but have you got have you got the price there?
0: yeah so I've got the well I've got American prices um so 595 dollars and that's the equivalent of 1600 in 2020. Wow. I think the price did drop. I think they said that it dropped to 300 and then some stores were selling it as low as 200. But that's yeah. a hell of a lot of money,
1: isn't yeah. it, really, at the time? But it was also kind of marketed as a, as a computer, you know, as, as something to, to work with. I remember you got a huge manual with it and it gave you certain things to code. And I remember once coding, it was like, I don't know, it felt like to me, 20 pages of code just to get a crappy hot air balloon flying around the screen, you know, like a <laughs> pixel, about ten pixels wide and high. And that was it. But you felt like a coder. I did that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I knew the system. Yeah, there were kind of others. The other big one there there was a spectrum. And my cousin also had one made by Amstrad. And, and I remember that just a quick story on that before I move on. Um that only had one joystick port, right? And he would that we least love playing football games. And he had um Emily Hughes Soccer, for any of you old ones out there who knows a, who Evelyn Hughes is, but also his football game. So he bought a um a joystick splitter. And what it was, it was a dongle you plugged into the joystick port, which then had two plugs, and you'd plug a joystick into each one. Right. But because this is technology back then, you'd get interference between the two. So say he was <laughs> on the ball. If I pushed up at the right minute, I could make him spoon the shot or make his <laughs> character move. And we had one game, it literally lasted three hours because I think we kept drawing the game because we could always make the other person miss the shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was. It's insane. like
0: um, split screen cheating, but like the original version of it.
1: <laughs> With gaming, I was quite competitive and like neither of us wanted to lose. So we would always get to the, the, the penalty. And if it went to penalties, that would just last forever. <laughs> but yeah, we had to have a joystick port splitter. And you'd get joystick interference. That's what we were dealing with back in the day. So then, then I moved on to another Commodore system, Commodore Amiga. And if if you if you're having a look, look up the Amiga one thousand. That's the one I had. And look at the beast of a unit that was. So it it was like it it was a huge kind of again a box. The keyboard would split un, uh, sit under it, and you would have like a big CRT monitor with it. So it had its own monitor with it. Now. Again, my dad bought it off someone with a load of games, so got it sort of fairly cheap. You know, this was like next gen, and the graphics were so much better. So, do you you see a picture of it? Uh, What's it called? Sorry? The Amiga 1000.
0: Amiga 1000. Everybody at home is going to be Googling this along. um, Yeah,
1: now it had half a mega RAM, which was amazing, right? Half a meg. Mine had the expansion module that fit in the side to give it a full mega RAM. Yes. A full (laughs) meg of RAM. But
2: what it was, it was this
1: big metal box, right? And uh, you could hear the circuit board inside, it was loose. So if I banged my desk, it it wobbled the circuit board inside, which then crashed the computer. So you had
0: to... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it well. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that is one big thing.
1: For me, of course, the graphics were obviously much better. It had a disk drive, so you had floppy disks, again, for people who remember what floppy disks were. So games loaded much quicker. But for me, what I loved about it again, the games that had proper manuals.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But with that change in gen, you obviously had um, an increase in price. So I think budget games for that were around the five pound to ten pound mark, and the premium games were twenty to twenty-five, which again were like huge for me. But you know, I was able to save up and get the odd couple. Again, a couple of standout things for this was actually I'm laughing at one. I'm going to do that one first because I had a mate who was. who was into gaming and I'd go stay around his house. And what I would do is, you know, now you, you, you know, you used to like bring the PlayStation memory. Card yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or um, you could fit your console in your bag. I would bring that and you've seen the size of it. I would take a rucksack and I'd be putting <laughs> the monitor, <laughs> the, the base unit and I'd be literally transporting that to his house because it was again on disc and there was so much like pirating was quite rife then. Not that I, um, had any games that were pirated of course pirating was rife games would come with like a, a copyright system not a copyright system sorry like a pirate a, an anti-pirate system and what that would be was it would either say at some point in the game it would say right give us the first letter of the second word of the first line on page 221 and the game would just stop and until you you did the right letter and if you didn't do it right it wouldn't let you progress and then they cottoned on so some that some people would photocopy it so they then started printing like the manuals or these things on colored paper. So if you photocopied it, <laughs> it wouldn't come out. But the best one was um, there's a game called Leisure Suit Larry, which is about basically a sleazeball. Um, yeah, I was that...
0: about to say, Jesus.
1: <laughs> Do you know that game? You heard it I one? don't,
0: but it sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a point and click adventure. It, you had to be, I think it was an over 18 game even back then. Its age verification was it would ask you questions of the time. Like, I don't know. Who, who are the Beatles or something, and who, who's Bob Dylan. It would ask you questions, which, again, you just need to... And back then, we didn't have the internet, of course, so you couldn't just look it up. You just needed to know someone who had it. So it wasn't a great way of keeping out underage gamers. <laughs> Could you imagine them doing that now? It's like, who's the current prime minister? Yeah. What, was the, <laughs> what was the second Adele album? <laughs> Ed Sheeran is, A, a chef. <laughs> a pop singer going back to this like I said piracy, two things about it piracy was rife and so much so that you'd get groups of people that were pirating the game and getting yeah. out they would actually put a splash screen in front of the game saying we've cracked this game you know, give us, <laughs> give us some money if you want. So basically, they're actually saying, we, you know, we're proud to have done this and they do a proper splash screen. See,
0: I guess, I guess as well, because the coding was generally a bit more simple back then. I guess it was just an easier thing to do. I, I, I don't know the last time I would have ever seen a bootleg copy of like a game for like a games console. I don't think it would have happened in my generation.
1: Well, that was it. You had, if, if I go back to the Commodore 64, because it was a tape, tape system, all you needed was a twin tape deck and a blank tape. And that was it. You put it, you'd and you literally game. just copy it over, <laughs> yeah. a bit like a
0: seed, uh, like a cassette tape that you would just copy music from.
1: Yeah, and early, early disc games, You could even just um, copy it across because you could. So, so how did people
0: get like the fakes out then? So did you did so for instance? I know you said that like even Boots and, and Woolworths were selling copies of the legit game. Was it the like independent news agent that had like bootleg <laughs> copies? No, it was of... always <laughs>
1: someone in the playground. It was oh, right, right, you. right. Yeah, it was always someone in the playground. I think at the time because it was just so right, you know, you always knew someone who had, you knew someone whose cousin could get you a bag full of games or something, you know. <laughs> you know, we talk about this, and I was saying about loading. Another memory is: imagine if this happened now, right? There was a game; it was called Monkey Island Two. It was a it was a point and click adventure. It came on eleven floppy disks. Eleven.
0: But like, how long was the actual game? So like, how long was the playthrough of the game?
1: It depended on the game like that because it was an adventure game. Now, you've got to remember, again, like I said, you didn't have the internet at the time to look to look at walkthrough. So if you were stuck oh, yeah. on a game, you either had to know someone who, who could help you, you had to either persevere, you had to give up or get this right. I was going to bring it up at the end, but you had in the back of manuals for certain games, you had tip line and you had to phone the, the tip line up <laughs> and it would charge you like yeah, <laughs> it would charge you about a pound a minute or something, and it would say, you know, and because it's charging a pound a minute, it would take five minutes to introduce the the phone line. So you're already five minutes in before it even asks you what bit of the game you're stuck on, and and they would pay someone. There's um I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it's on Netflix. Someone who was paid to uh, you know you had two varieties. You over had a recorded message where someone read out the part of the game and and what to do. Or you had, I think Nintendo had, um, like, you know, like the Apple geniuses. They had someone you'd call up, you'd be put through to someone, and you'd say, right, I'm stuck on this game. How do I get past it? And they'd tell you
0: how. <laughs> so some would It was be... like the the very early days of, like, IGN. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a walkthrough,
1: but on the phone, that like, your parents killed you when they got the phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I admit, I had to do it on a couple of games. I can't remember the games, but these... Um, These adventure games, they were like, um, they've got really obscure puzzles. So I think they did it intentionally. They didn't want you to be able to solve it.
0: Because then you're ringing the fucking tip line.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tip number one is don't call that line. (laughs) But it was a great system. It's probably, I'd have to say it was probably my all-time favorite gaming system because that's what introduced me to like um, Sensible Soccer. Now, I still maintain you can have your FIFAs and you can have your pro evo or esport or whatever it's called now giving me old school sensible soccer on a on a two-button joystick and that's all
0: <laughs> that's all i need <laughs> top view bird's eye view yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, yeah and, and that was it and it's it's got my all-time favorite game as well called wings on it which is set in world war one I, I think it was um, but again really simple but just really atmospheric so again you know for me that was like now you know when we talk about next gen jumps that for me was everything because i went from tape to a disc the graphics were you know were just amazing and it had two joystick ports so you didn't have to you didn't have to fight now i'm going to jump about a bit then i i I did some pc gaming so i got one for college i needed one for school and college i did some pc gaming and that that was mainly like a football manager games but then i I got my first console now the thing I realized when I was going through this, I missed a big chunk of famous consoles. And I so I never had a, a Sega Master System. I never had a Mega Drive and I never had an NES or a SNES. But I knew, mates, who did. And I'm trying to think why I never got around to ever having one of those. But I think I was just really happy with the Commodore 64, the Amiga.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then on the PC. But yeah, so we'll skip through just so we can get to you. Because this is where you come in a little bit on this one.
0: Well, do you know what's weird as well? Just about that that generation, oh, yeah, yeah. Like how many companies were actually producing like gaming consoles, almost or not consoles, but like gaming systems? Because I feel like yeah, there was a wider variety of people that tried it. Well, like I... you just said there was something made by Amstrad. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I can't remember. You know, age ages dimmed my my memory, but um, you you didn't you had a few, but you didn't have a hell of a lot so you add in the like the home computer you know in quotes home computer market you had two really it well when it was a commodore amiga you had the commodore amiga and an atari st they were the two main ones okay um back on the 8-bit ones so like the commodore 64 yeah you had commodore spectrum and yeah amstrad got in the market for a little bit but they they didn't last too long um but then kind of when console gaming came in i think that was really it so even the amiga went out though you know didn't didn't last too much longer past you know when it died out there wasn't a successor to that it was pcs then or consoles see there was other stuff going on there were other weird devices you know obviously even before me you had the atari do you know the atari 2600
0: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: you had that um and if you've got a chance to go to like one of these gaming arcades things or or like one I went to was Heart of Gaming in London you could see a whole variety of different consoles man there's a, there's like the Nintendo I think it's Virtual Boy where you you put your face in it and it is like all red graphics but it's supposed to be kind of like 3D it's 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 really bizarre my first console was actually the PlayStation the, the original PlayStation and I got it well I say fairly late on but it was about 9596 I think and I got it quite cheap but this was actually, now your dad, you know, your dad's not overly a gamer, was he? But this got your dad into gaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we had, um, I bought the the original Medal of Honor on that. And that was a great game at the time. So now Call of Duty is is where it's at. But Medal of Honor was actually a massive game at the time. And he played that. Again, standout for me on that was, I had a game called Driver. Now you remember
0: Driver, don't you? you played yeah, it the Driver, yeah, yeah.
1: And what am I going to say about the first Driver
0: <laughs> Oh, what the was... very last mission. Oh, the one. very first mission, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to basically unlock the secrets of the universe just to play the fucking game.
1: <laughs> it was the tutorial where you had to do, I think, eight or nine skills in a yeah, minute yeah. During, in your yeah, car yeah. park. And
0: then there was that timer ticking down. It would be like a checklist in the corner. I yeah. know, I, you know what? It was funny because I actually um, downloaded uh, Driver. I, think, I don't know if there was a version on my phone or something that I played recently. And I went online to have a look and it was something stupid, like 30% of people never actually played the game because they didn't complete the first level, which allowed you to play the game.
1: It is, it is insane. It is insane. And I've never known a game since to do it like that. But yeah, if you couldn't pass the tutorial, you couldn't play the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I remember at the time, there was a lot of hype around that because it had like a filmmaker mode, but it was a great game. And I think, yeah, the last level was also difficult. And I think the only reason I the only reason I completed it was because the game didn't glitch. But like I said this is where I might be confusing it with Driver Two. But the the final mission of one of them, you've either got to escort the president. So, yeah, guess, it's the yeah, president's yeah. run. Yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. got people in like limos chasing you. I think or something. And they would always catch me. But at one point, I don't know what I did, but I could I must have confused the AI. And I saw these two cars that were chasing me come by me on their roofs, so they flew <laughs> down. <laughs> Which
0: meant they couldn't chase me anymore. No, yeah, I remember the uh, the original drivers were actually class, but they were quite cool as well because it was kind of a new concept. I don't know if it was then Driver Two because I think were there two Driver games on the PlayStation One.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, there was definitely a third one, but I, I think that might. Have I been think the, the third
0: one would have been yeah. the PlayStation Two because yeah, I think the first two drivers, and then I think the third one was like about getting out of cars and that sort of thing. But they were absolutely banging driver games. I still believe that they set the precedent for what was ultimately to become your likes of your Grand Theft Autos GTA. and that sort of thing. Because yeah. ultimately it was, it was a free roam. And, you know, the graphics, obviously, I mean, you know, by your standards, the graphics <laughs> that would have been amazing. They were, <laughs> By man. my standards, they were <laughs> yeah. crap, obviously. But to be fair, for the world that they rendered and, and that sort of thing at the time, it's actually pretty impressive. I think one of them came on two CDs, though, if I remember rightly. Yeah, not eleven floppies though, is it? Yeah, yeah, not eleven <laughs> floppy disc though. So you know, <laughs> but yeah, you
1: did have at the time, even on the Xbox 360. I remember you did have multi disc games. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them genuinely just couldn't hold hold it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, those original driver games are brilliant. I think in reality, the first experience I properly had with gaming was probably a PlayStation One, and I don't know if it was your PlayStation One or if we had one at my house anyway.
1: No, I think it might be mine. I remember because you were quite young at the time, so. So like I said, if I got it around 95, 96 and then I had it for years, you would have only been literally a toddler, wouldn't you? Yeah. I would and I remember maybe, you yeah, I always guess. wanted to play it. You saw me playing it and you wanted to play it right. <laughs> and this is where at the start, you know, I was obviously the mean uncle. What I did was I had a second controller, which I gave to you, but I didn't plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, here we go. This is where our relationship tested now. Um, I would give you a controller and you'd think you were playing it. But after a while, you did suss out that, what it, it, I don't know if it's because you saw me still playing it or what, but you worked out it wasn't real, so you would just try grab the controller. <laughs> <laughs> One game stand out before we get to kind of like PlayStation Two, which is probably and 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 I'd say modern consoles where we can just jump in together now is um, the the Metal Gear Solid game that was on it. Right, you came up against, and this is what I want to talk about: games that did things differently. There was a um, an enemy called Psycho Mantis who 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 said he could read your mind.
0: Ah, uh, i've heard this yeah
1: and what he would do is if you had on your memory card other konami games made by them he would say oh i see you like playing castlevania and you've had to save it 20 times you know he would say that and then he would say put your controller on the desk and i'll move it and then the rumble pads would go into overdrive and move you know <laughs> And then the battle, again, and this is where I probably did have to use it online, you couldn't beat him. But what you had to do, because he could read your mind, you had to unplug the controller and put it into the other port so he couldn't read your <laughs> mind. <laughs> I mean, brilliant, but absolutely frustrating at the time. But, you know, stand out now.
0: See, that's even a cool concept now. I would still be impressed now if a game developer managed to fit something like that into their game. Like, How cool would that concept be? It's like disconnect your controller and use Player 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it just didn't make sense at
1: the time but then it did in the game it did but yeah how would how, how did i work out you had to do that i, I don't know but <laughs> then you got playstation 2 which i also had and it was you know for me to stand out on that was you had games like grand theft Auto a3 which turned it open world and that was amazing um silent hill oh and because this was the system, I then gave it to you. Because after a while, yeah. it was starting to hurt my wrist. I found I think the controller was just too small for me, or, or something. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. go with a controller, so I kind of gave it to you. And we had like the wrestling games on it. Do you remember? Was it?
0: Smackdown? Oh, the wrestling games were brilliant. SmackDown, here comes the pain. Just bring it. <laughs> um, I think the original SmackDown versus Raws were on there as well. Yeah, the SmackDown games, the WWE games were brilliant at the time. But yeah, I think the PlayStation Two was when I first properly started getting into gaming. Because I may or may not have also had your copy of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. You would have Um, actually, yeah, you would have done. And that was a class game. I never think I played GTA Three originally. Um, I think Vice City would have been my first first Grand Theft Auto game. But yeah, that. And then, like you said, it's true. The Medal of Honor has even ran onto the PS2. Ultimately, yeah. as being better games, and I always remember playing Medal of Honor and preferring it, and never understanding why Call of Duty kind of took over. Because to me, the Medal of Honor stories were always better, the gameplay was better, but Call of Duty, I think, just captured the the captured the kind of casuals market a bit better. I think maybe. Well, because I remember
1: then that was it. You then continued to get. Like you had the PlayStation 3 then, didn't you? I can't remember when it came out. No, it would have been 3. Was Modern Warfare on the PlayStation 3? Yeah,
0: Modern Warfare was the PlayStation 3, yeah. Because
1: I remember you got that and coming around your house because I stopped, I didn't have a console then for a while. And I remember looking at Modern Warfare and thinking, wow, this is... This yeah, is a game. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? That, that's just stunning at the time. But yeah, so in terms of you then, this is where it kind of like you come in. Well, you know what? I'm going to start off with
0: handhelds at first. <laughs> yeah. Because that's probably my earliest... Sh- and I will always maintain this. I will maintain it probably until the day that I die. Because I don't think I'll ever get a better present. I remember getting a Game Boy Advance... And that was by far the best present I still... To this day, I've never been more excited to open something. And I always remember playing like side-scroller Mario games on it. And it was just a brilliant thing. Like you had the little cartridges that you had to blow into to make sure the dust had come <laughs> out because you'd like paused it and it, like the game was freezing at levels. Um, but even playing like stuff like Tetris on a handheld was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I think that probably, I don't know when that released, but that probably would have come just after I'd initially had like PlayStation 2. Cause I think the PlayStation 2 was about year 2000, wasn't it? There thereabouts.
1: Yeah. Cause the original Game Boy, which I did have and was amazing was I think, Was that early 90s or mid-90s?
0: Yeah, I think that was mid-90s. And then I can't remember if the Game Boy Color came out. I think the Game Boy Color came after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the Game Boy Advance was one after that as well. Yeah, 2001 when the uh, Game Boy Advance came out. I forgot you had that. Um, Yeah, yeah, oh my God, I've never been, uh, I still, I remember exactly where I was when I was given it. I swear to God, <laughs> best thing I ever had. I, th- I think I've still got it in the loft somewhere. I'm going to have to pull it out. But yeah, I think I remember stuff like you just had like Tetris or you had some Super Mario, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the side-scroller stuff on the Game Boys. And then from there, it would have been the PS2. And I think that was probably like my real like in on gaming. Do you remember Star Wars Battlefront?
1: Yes, oh the original, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. the original Battlefronts, they were brilliant. Again, the the, mod, the Medal of Honours and um, the Call of Duty started to come out in that generation. I think Call of Duty 3, Big Red One was on the Yeah, yeah that's it, the Big Red One. Uh, well, <laughs> I think that was the one that changed everything in reality. I know that Modern Warfare was brilliant, but I think the Big Red One was the switch from Medal of Honour to Call of Duty. But yeah, I think the PS2 was the best one for me. I remember playing Crash Bandicoot as well. Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> and those were PS1 games that kind of then ported over to the PS2. And the thing is as well, I had a lot of experience with the PS1 games because the PS2 could play pretty much all of them. That's I'm right. I'm pretty yeah. sure because it was backwards compatible at the time, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, the original drivers, I think, were absolutely class. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto was brilliant. I always remember Sam Andreas as well oh cj <laughs> yeah cj that's the one i know that it, it's i think we've discussed this before and this might this is probably for people listening going to be an unpopular opinion because i also but i also agree with you and that's that vice city was the best gta
1: oh no you've done it now yeah yeah yeah, yeah no i see I see, and it's interesting because they're going to come out aren't they again they've been remastered
0: yeah yeah um, they have yeah
1: and i'd love to see it but i remember because i loved Scarface etc I I really like San Andreas but for me Vice City was it yeah
0: yeah Vice City was brilliant because it's true I think you discussed the music the whole kind of Scarfacey like theme yeah. around it I, yeah it was it was a brilliant it game. was
1: a game of excess wasn't it like the neon yeah. <laughs> you know it, it was totally the the, the cliched yeah
0: yeah that was brilliant and you know what I don't think this is something that you owned but I don't know if this came I think this probably came just before my PlayStation 3 if I remember rightly we had a Wii
1: I know I didn't but I know you did yeah and I was amazed at the time and yeah it's true like the technology
0: advancement was like oh my god this is the best best thing because it's like motion technology (laughs) like I can play Mario Kart and if I turn the controller he turns (laughs) it was like, like you'd get your family around and if they were ever around like for an event or whatever you'd put the Wii on and everyone would be fascinated that you could play fucking tenpin bowling it was bowling <laughs> tennis and uh, what was Probably the other ten- one ten- T- baseball tennis tennis did baseball i say tennis well. yeah. yeah tennis tennis baseball was brilliant as well um and then they brought out like that wee board thing yeah that <laughs> you could like surf on or ski on or something like that do you
1: remember that? though actually going back a bit do you remember the, was it the PlayStation Eye, the Eye toy? Do you remember that?
0: Oh God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the PlayStation Eye toy. God, because that would had the um, games where you used it to was like, spin plates or like wash windows, <laughs> and you just <laughs> cheat by getting a pillow and yeah. you just wash the whole window in two seconds. It was awful. Yeah, it was like the window full of soap suds or something, <laughs> and you had to
1: rub it away. Yeah, you, know, you just had to put your hand right in front of the camera. <laughs> I mean, it was
0: awful. It was awful. The spinning plates one as well. you know that was brilliant? But you know what, the games on that one were weird because it was basically just. like a mix of kind of action and chores (laughs) yeah it's like wash a window I'm like well yeah wouldn't fucking do it in real life but I love doing it in the game (laughs) yeah god the eye toy and you know what to be fair even still at the time I know that it was pretty basic for what it was but the technology was brilliant yeah really because it was a bit of a yeah it was a gimmick wasn't it really but it was a pretty it was a pretty well executed one to be probably just as good as the connect (laughs) yeah yeah that's true actually (laughs)
1: You probably wouldn't tell the difference. Actually, Microsoft is still not following me. By the way,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but they're following me, so maybe I can drag a sponsorship in. Yeah, you said you, you, said you were going to sort that out. Um, but yeah, the Wii was brilliant. Again, moving back through to handhold, the handhelds, the DS was another thing that I had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I never. And that, that was thing. obviously brilliant as well. You had stuff like Animal Crossing um nintendogs if you
1: oh god that was massive wasn't it that was yeah massive. nintendogs was huge basically that a glorified like, tamagotchi yeah
0: yeah pretty much <laughs> like you could still log onto it two years later and you're just like oh no your dogs are fine they're just a bit dirty i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that as well, I think, was a cool one, the the Wii, sorry, the um, DS, because as well, I remember going on like school trips and everyone would have a DS and you could connect over like their local like network. So as long as the DS was like within range, you could basically play like Mario Kart with people that had a DS near you and not all of you even had to have the game. So yeah, only yeah. one of you needed to have right, the game right, and yeah, you yeah. could like port into their version okay. and all we'll race together. And I thought that was a really cool feature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the DS being huge. I mean, it was up until a couple of years ago until they tried to make it three D and no one the cared 3D-ish, anymore. Yeah. yeah, but the thing I like about it again, it was trying to do
1: something different. The second screen could be used for was it like inventory stuff or a map or something while well, the yeah other screen yeah yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I mean, and that's brilliant. You know, it's a, it's a clever and, and a and a useful way of introducing something different to tech, right?
0: you know what i probably shouldn't admit this um so i don't know if this is gonna well we're gonna have to leave it in now but i still play a nintendo ds every day and that's because there is one in my bathroom in the cupboard next to the toilet and you know if you're ever having a little bit of a longer time in there you pull the ds out pass a bit of time that's what you do (laughs) so if i'm ever gone for 45 minutes just know that i'm breaking records ranking records. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, But yeah, and then, you know what, again, before moving to the next gen, and again, I still can't remember if this came before the PlayStation 3 or not, but the PSP. Yes, yes. The PSP was brilliant, because that was, I think, the first time where you felt you were getting proper console games, but on a portable device.
1: Yeah, I had one as well, and that was that was a really good handheld wasn't it yeah the, grap- it was the graphics brilliant. were comparable wasn't it to, yeah yeah
0: it uh, was it was it was really well done like even the discs were proper discs they were in those little um like plastic cartridges weren't they well there was the um, small
1: mini ones though weren't they they were like a, they, were, they were almost like a little compact disc or something yeah yeah, yeah they were yeah, they, they were the basically UMDs yeah just a cd yeah. yeah that's it yeah, 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 UNDs, that's yeah.
0: the <laughs> one um released in 2004 so it came out really, again, quite early. But I, I still remember, like, you know, I had I had full-fledged FIFA games on yes, the that's right on, um, on And the PSP. hold on.
1: Didn't that have, like, the skill games where you'd turn it long ways so you could do keepy-ups or something? Yeah, was yeah, that, that, that was the it? one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they'd get
0: you to turn it the other way. The controls <laughs> yeah. would change based on what, like, mini game you were playing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had the PSP, and that was that was really good. You, you know, especially, I think you'd got, was um, it Wipeout? I think, like, Wipeout was on that. Yeah, and, and yeah. that really showcased it. but but that was like you said it was a console it was a portable console I think that was the first time we had anything like
0: that yeah and I remember having so much fun on that I don't I think they were expensive at the time as well I remember them being like 350 quid or something at the time but they were expensive but I remember as well the games were kind of half comparable to full like console release games as well but you kind of didn't mind because they were decent games it was again like I said console gaming but again PSP introduced your first like like PSN network gaming as well because they had the ability where you would have like your PSN account because I think online gaming was kind of a little bit of a thing with the PS2 but I think only particular games supported it and then the PSP I think if I remember rightly gave you the ability to properly have like Uh, a psn network address and that sort of thing um so you could actually play with friends in your friends list if i remember rightly i I think also then xbox i think the
1: x the original xbox bought on online gaming to to the majority of people but i never had the original xbox yeah no i remember yeah the psp you could do on yeah like you said online gaming and 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 for that as well that was pretty something pretty special as well to be able to do that on a handheld yeah, stuff. yeah, it was pretty impressive. And it was nothing... a sexy bit of kit as well. Yeah,
0: it was. It was a brilliantly <laughs> yeah. designed thing as yeah. well to yeah. be fair because the screen size was great. Like and, and in reality if we think back to it the PSP probably should have should have tried to kill off the the DS because it was actually just a better gaming system.
1: Well, it also, you could buy movies
0: for it, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could have everything. Yeah, you could have movies on it because, yeah, like I said, that was the first time where, like, your PSN store was accessible as well. Yeah. I remember getting, like, an updated one a few days later, which was the. It was a few days later, a few years later. Yeah. That was the slidey one. It's like a slide mobile phone. I can't remember what it was called. If it was like the PSP Light or Slim or whatever it was. Oh, I don't know. Um, though, and yeah. that one was like fully downloadable. Is in there were no cartridges. Oh, the Vita was that the Vita? Yeah, the Vita. That's yeah, it. Yeah. And you just had the you just had the games actually downloaded onto the console itself. And again, I think that was a problem discus. though. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, that was probably, too ahead of its time. It was, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, which is a shame because it was just too early. But when you think about the practicality, no scratch discs, no messing about with ports, everything was on, there, on the go. You didn't need to carry cartridges with you because it was a portable games console to begin with. It was actually a brilliant thing. And it's kind of a shame that, that Sony probably won't attempt anything like that ever again.
1: Well, like you said, I mean, I think people just didn't like it at the time because you couldn't own the, the game. But even... Sorry, you didn't own a physical game. Sorry, and like even when the Xbox One was market, they were trying to go for a digital all online, and people were were criticising that. But you know, I look at my my catalogue now. Okay, time and all that plays a factor, but my catalogue is far more digital now.
0: Yeah, because you yeah.
1: get cheap bargain. You know, when like Xbox do their sale or something, and you pick it up and. i like, yeah, I just haven't got space to have like 10, 20, you know, game cases now under my TV or whatever. So, you know, ironically, we all slated them back then. But, you know, digital is starting to be the way to go now.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Even me, like, I can't remember when the last time I bought like a physical disc was in reality. I just don't really do it anymore. And thinking about, like I said, that PSP, I think that if, if PlayStation announced another portable console tomorrow that was download only, I think I'd pick it up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> then you had um so you had the playstation 2 which I, I i got rid of because it was injuring me and then um then you got the ps3 didn't you yeah yeah and then you I got the 360 3, yeah. didn't you get me the personally 60? no i
0: never oh, had no, a no. 360 oh, okay. and you know what the thing was as well is like the 360 is probably the console that most people my age would say like got them into gaming properly yeah. but i was always playstation up until that point um and so i had a playstation 3 never touched a 360 and my first dabble into xbox was with the one
1: and then you had the original you had the day one release didn't you
0: yeah yeah i had a day one release i remember you telling xbox. me when you
1: got that because you got well, like one of the mega deals from game i think and uh, i came around because uh i, I hadn't got it yet because i had the xbox 360 and The reason I got back into that was because I I worked with a guy who had a 360 and I'd go to his house and we'd play like Call of Duty and Rainbow Six Vegas. And I found a controller because it was bigger and the joysticks were slightly off centre, unlike the the PlayStation, which has them, the the joysticks are lined up, aren't
0: they? Yeah, yeah.
1: I found that okay, so I bought a 360, mainly because, again, I got it so late. They had three games I really wanted and always wanted to play and uh, probably some of my favourites now, which was Mass Effect... Bioshock yeah. and GTA 4 which I still love now all three of those uh to varying degrees but Mass Effect is is just bloody awesome but yeah then I went to the Xbox One but much later and I remember yeah when you got the Xbox One I was straight around your house that night <laughs> to, to see <laughs>
0: I remember because that was the first console that I'd like bought myself that wasn't a present. And I think I stayed with PlayStation. I had PlayStation 3s. And then do you know what it was? I think my original fat PS3 had broke and that had like had some issue with like circuit board. So then I had a slim one, but that one also packed up. So then when it came to the next generation, I was just like, well, I've had two Playstations this generation that haven't lasted. So I switched to the Xbox One. Because I originally had a pre-order for a PS4, which I think came out two days before or two days after the Xbox did. But instead, I went to Game, switched it for an Xbox One bundle. And uh, I remember, I think I, uh, this is horrific to say, but I think I just I think it'd been my 18th birthday, like the, the month before. So I had birthday money. I think I ended up spending like 750. Uh, yeah, quid I wasn't going to say like, anything. But... <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Yeah. I remember I walked in for my console and then I bought, I think, six games, an extra controller, some Xbox Live, which is like £50 in and of itself. Did they have a um, couple of
1: HD movies?
0: Yeah, they? yeah. Like they bundled it in with films as well. Well, I was just yeah. like, I don't want this bullshit, just let me unbox. Yeah, but what's birthday money for if not to treat yourself, right? <laughs> and and you know what, we, we recently talked about it because it's a very unfortunate. But I've had that day one edition Xbox until maybe what, two or three weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, man. Because it's only just recently packed up. I still I, had the original I day too. one certificate. And oh, you know what? fallen soldier but it's been with me for seven eight years (laughs) but i remember at the time as well feeling quite bad because i'm not
1: either or so i've had the playstation the original playstation psp playstation 2 and i have briefly owned a playstation 4 i just went to xbox like i said because the 360 i found a controller better naturally went to the xbox one and now i've got just a massive back catalogue of digital stuff so i've continued on to the series x yeah but I love PlayStation 4 well because I remember at the time saying to you I really wanted to play Heavy Rain
0: and there was another game at Heavy the time Heavy Rain but... oh Heavy Rain you know what Heavy Rain was a game that was an absolute masterpiece it was genuinely because that was almost what was like a feature length film yeah, <laughs> or it yeah. was actually a game but like a feature length film well, except um, that you for the, controlled except for the one
1: bit was it where you have to press X Jason 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 yes. <laughs> Jason, 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 Jason. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, my God. That game was brilliant. But, yeah, I remember just walking around aimlessly, not completing the mission, just making the dad scream his son's name.
1: The guy or the company that make them, they he he's got such a great vision, but sometimes the game's not always match it so we had a game on the um it may have been it was on the xbox and it may have been on one of the playstations but it was called over here it was called fahrenheit i think in america it was called indigo prophecy and again it was another one where it was very much sort oh, sorry, gesture driven so if you had to open a drawer you had to move the the cursor or the you know the mouse in a certain way and then there was like a simon says bit battle would would be you'd have to match like a quick time event you know where it flashed certain symbols. yeah and it was a great sort of story where it starts off where you get sort of possessed and kill someone and you have it's just brilliant how they did it so it's like did you stay to try dispose of the evidence or cover up as much of the evidence but at which point like the police would come and potentially catch you or did you make a runner or do a runner but you may leave some evidence but then it turns out you then also then play the police so you were playing two or three characters you were playing the um the suspect and the police trying to catch. Yeah, you. yeah. It's kind of like Heavy Rain in a way, wasn't it? There was a Yeah, cuz again, spoiler, but I think we're past spoiler
0: territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> 2010 or whenever yeah. it was released, I would hope that at this point. <laughs> if you if you haven't heard about Heavy Rain, don't worry about it. It is too late to go back now. <laughs> but you know what? Again, that's probably a game that in terms of storyline still really holds up nowadays because yeah. the story was brilliant and it was one of the first games that I remember that had a storyline that would change depending on what selections yeah. you made in the game so I remember that you would you would play it and then what you would do is you would go round the story again just to get the alternate endings yeah 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 and that was again it was good replayability factor as well for me because it was something it was a bit like um, Mass Effect games did that as well didn't they yeah yeah. you had multiple endings with them yeah they
1: did but I think that yeah Heavy Rain I think was better yeah yeah although you know i do love mass effect yeah they they did another one it was i think beyond two souls which i played basically when i got my playstation 4 i got it it was mainly to play the uncharted games because i really wanted to play the uncharted games and yeah it was heavy rain it was beyond two souls which again i don't remember too much about it and then they did another one i think for the i think it was for the playstation 4 was it um detroit become human I never played oh, it. I
0: don't know. But I'd
1: love to play that, but they they are exclusive to PlayStation, so you know, this is where again, yeah, you, you feel like you do have to have both if you want to experience the best of, of gaming.
0: Yeah. Because you know what as well, do you know what I always missed out on with exclusives and what i always regret, I missed out on the three sixty Halo generation.
1: Yeah, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I never I remember playing Halo like when I was at my mate's house and the online community for it was brilliant. And all of my mates used to play it, but because I was one of the only odd ones out <laughs> with, with a PlayStation, I was sat there being like, "Oh, does anybody want to play Gran Turismo?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> but stick, stick with here you go Xbox. Hear me. I'm, I'm I'm trying to sell you another console for you. So follow me. Stick with series Xbox, and then you download the Master Chief Collection on Game Pass, and you get every Halo game included. <laughs> every Halo game, including Infinite. On out in december but that's it like the game like heavy rain i know it's got its critics but again at least it was it felt like it was trying to do something different trying to yeah story, yeah trying yeah. to put that element it was a bit clunky
0: <laughs> there was another game i think it was on playstation 4 if i remember rightly i don't know if you ever played it was it called until dawn Yes, yes, the horror game. That's the one, because that was kind of a similar style in terms of the way it played. It was very much, as opposed to playing a game, you're kind of just deciding a storyline. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I ever played that because if I remember rightly, I think it was an exclusive to um, PlayStation and yeah. this generation or last generation. I had an Xbox, but I remember watching an entire playthrough of the entire game because I thought it was that brilliant. And again, yeah. that style is actually quite cool. I remember that being something that I always wanted to play, but just never did because I couldn't go out and buy another console. It was really weird because
1: the graphics were quite disconcerting because they were almost. They had a couple of famous actors in it, didn't you? So I think Remy Malik. I think. Remy Malik, yeah. yeah, he
0: was one of the one of the characters. That's right, yeah.
1: And oh my God, I've gotten her name now. That she was the cheerleader in Heroes. Oh, I can't remember her name, but she was in it. But they really looked like them, and it was really off-putting because they looked like who they were. And 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 sometimes you know the the eyes just looked too real. But it, yeah, it was it was a funny, not funny. It was funny in how it was messed up depending on which options she did so and again that was another one where apparently I finished it and then was distraught when I read I think you can keep the majority of the characters alive but I ended up killing most of them off I think. because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I
0: remember, I remember even with Heavy Rain like I went through the thing and literally got the shittest most unjustified ending possible <laughs> yeah. and then went on all of like the online forums on IGN and realized I literally made the worst decisions I could have made.
1: I feel so bad in game. I have to replay games and I have to get the good ending. I feel bad if I get the bad. I my my conjure, I know it's terrible. It's like um it's like Mass Effect. I will, I've played it about 5 or 6 times and every time I say right, I'm going to play the Renegade which is like the bad option. Never do. I still do the same options. I'm always I'm always
0: a good guy. Yeah, Mass Effect. You know what? Mass Effect was another series that I think only you got me into. Yeah. And I it was... think it's because you bought me like a collection of them at some point for like a birthday or a Christmas or something. Because yeah. I'd never, ever played Mass Effect before. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I'm going to complete this game. I'm going to do all of the ending. I remember feeling like the the best uncle in the world. Because I think, yeah, when you
1: got your PlayStation and I think when Mass Effect 2, I think, came out. So Mass Effect 1 was exclusive to Xbox but then two I think was multi-platform but I think with two they included like a, a storybook that you could play together yeah to yeah. and I think I bought you that and I think I also bought you Fallout New Vegas didn't I
0: yeah New Vegas wow <laughs> <So>, oh, the <laughs> yeah. Fallout games you haven't even touched on Fallout yeah, yeah yeah
1: and and they were I, I mean I loved the the RPGs did you then play Fallout did you play Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 as
0: well I can't remember I think I played Fallout 4 um was new so it went Fallout 3 then New Vegas then Fallout 4 didn't it yeah 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 no I think New Vegas was the first one that I would played and probably yeah. the best one still to this date that I've played to be honest <laughs> yeah I've
1: actually re-downloaded it I need to play it but um but yeah so it's just it's just bizarre isn't it that sort of game so I know at the moment you're kind of like you said you're console because you you one died what What's your, well, what
0: are you well, do? no, I'm not. Oh, because oh. whilst my Xbox Three, well, my Xbox three, my Xbox One died, I kind of said to myself, "Well, you know what? Really, the only things that I was kind of playing was a bit of Call of Duty." and a bit of FIFA because, you know, I'm old and an adult and have responsibilities <laughs> oh, and should game for eight <laughs> yeah. hours. Oh, oh my <laughs> word, you're putting me to shame <laughs> Eight hours a day now. So what I actually did do is, because my Xbox died, and I did this a couple of months ago, not knowing that my Xbox was on the way out anyway, I went back and bought a box to PlayStation 2.
1: Oh, of course you did, yeah. I completely yeah. forgot, and yeah. I, I went yeah. and
0: I was buying games for like 50p each. So I think I've got like now a PlayStation 2. I've got one of those... Um, You'll remember this because everybody had one when they were collecting games. One of those, um, like, do you know disc holders? It was like a folder and you slid your discs yes, into it. It delicious. was like back to back. So it was like yes, a book that you used to yes. flip through the games. And I think I've got probably about 80 PlayStation 2 games now. Oh, um, man, I like forgot the you ETAs, got that, yeah. I've got, yeah, some of the Call of Duties, the Medal of Honours, um, some Spyro. Um, oh, yeah, yes, far from back dragon. in the day yeah yeah, yeah. um oh, team the... oh, yeah, crash team racing yeah crash team racing um do you remember the getaway it was based in london yes. but they proper yeah, recreated yeah, yeah. london even yeah. at the time yeah. yeah yeah then i've got again as i mentioned before the wwe games the one with brock lesnar on the front here comes the pain by far <laughs> the best one <laughs> but yeah so that's probably going to tie me over until i can maybe think to myself am i going to commit to a new console because they're yeah. out of stock still everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and I'm going to say it. I think the PlayStation Two again is probably the best looking console. Yeah, it was brilliant. I'm the original one as
0: well yeah. was fantastic looking. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden, because uh, the Slim one was one that didn't even have a disc trait, like you had to physically lift it up, and that was a re- that oh, was really? actually really razor thin. That one was yeah. to be fair. Um, and the PlayStation Three came out, and do you remember it was just that humongous like that metallic black box.
1: <laughs> that was a shiny one, wasn't it no wasn't it kind of a shiny plasticky looking? yeah yeah it yeah, was yeah, it. yeah yeah that's
0: the one yeah. um and then after that obviously consoles just got horrifically bigger and bigger to the point where like you can't even fit a ps5 in a. In well
1: a, that's yeah. it well you got the series x which they they mocked to be a fridge and then to be fair to xbox they've now released a mini fridge yeah they it have looks, yeah so <laughs> that's that's fair play that's brilliant um and then was it the playstation 5 was a virgin media router in a folder
0: yeah, a Virgin yeah. Media router in a folder if it had decided to uh, take steroids it's like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I mean, that's it. You go back that that for me the PlayStation 2 is is but even like the PlayStation the original PlayStation for me is classic that is a small compact and that that circular disc you pushed um lid that you push down. But yeah, so yeah, a couple of things I missed out so yeah, you said it I had the, the original Game Boy which I thought was just amazing. Um you couldn't play it in like direct sunlight but i also had you so you know that like the game and watch games you, you heard of those they were like i think they were like nintendo they were like little handhelds but a single game really limited graphics but they they were the game and watch were really simple H- have a look you're fine because uh for those listening i've edited out the last 10 minutes because i'm struggling to <laughs> explain what a game and watch is to Lou. but that yeah they were these handheld games really simple and but then I had a couple of weird ones and I had to look them up because one I can't find online but I absolutely had it and it was a um it was a handheld game and you'd open it up and the game was actually on the top screen but you were looking at a mirror it was being reflected into the mirror to to see it the right way around.
0: right okay okay I understand like a periscopey type looking like you know with the it, angles on a periscope
1: kind of yes yeah. so imagine you've got like a rectangle right you you open up the top top part light you'd need sunlight to shine in the top to to light up the graphics but you're actually looking at it in the mirror which i don't know why they do it it's a really convoluted way of playing the game but maybe (laughs) it was because they wanted the light to shine onto it and that was that was great but i can't find it online um if anyone's listening and knows it please let me know there's another one called it was donkey kong 3 but on it was called the micro versus system now it had two little controllers on long leads each person would have one and you're on either side of the screen and there was like a um a mosquito in the middle and you had to try blow the mosquito over to the other the other person's uh, side to sting them but again it was a really basic game so if you if, if you look up i think if people are interested i think it's called donkey kong's free micro versus system but one of my favorite ones was it was called tomitronic 3d right and it was this big chunky triangular device that had two eye eyepieces so you'd put them to your eyes and it would be like a 3d game in front of you now the one i had was called shark attack and i'll I'll send you the i'll send you the pictures at some point but it was a really simple game where sharks would start at the bottom of the screen come up and you were a diver and you had to try shoot the sharks and there was one (laughs) yeah there was one with tanks and there was a car one where you were driving along and you had to avoid the other cars but it gave you eye ache, but yeah, imagine holding this device to your eyes and you're playing a three D device. Well, what what looked like three D device, uh, you know, at the time. And as a kid, that kind of blew my mind again because it was just amazing. <laughs> so yeah, def- definitely look out at the TomiTronic three D. I guess um I guess I want to say that I, I I've always loved gaming and I still do, and I know. um like I said, between us, we've kind of gone through almost everything, haven't we?
0: You know what? I think I, at one point I probably did have a gaming addiction. I think i said this before, but when I played Call of Duty 5 World at War, that was my favourite Call of Duty because um, yeah. it was like gory as well. And I remember, I think my total game time over the course of the year was 65 days on wow. that game. <laughs> and when I think about it, I'm like, well, so that technically means that I spent four four hours a day at the minimum on that game every day. Wow, for an entire year and i think to myself you know what maybe i've loosened up a little bit now because you know i've got other things that i need to do but do you know what it is as well i find nowadays there used to be games that i was really excited for release so i remember heavy rain had a load of hype about it i wanted to go out i wanted to buy it and i don't remember as well if you ever remember on playstation 3 it was a game called mag yes yeah yeah yeah. And it was like game changing. It was like 250 players or 500 right, players yeah. all in one game together, all online, all on the same map. And I remember the hype around that was brilliant. Needed to go and get it. And I think the thing is with me now is like, okay, my Xbox is broken. I just struggle to see where the pull is for games now. Because even the stuff that you play traditionally that are super mainstream, like your Call of Duties, like your FIFAs, to me, I am just seeing like the repackaged game from the year before, yeah, but yeah. just a bit shinier. And I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm just not not as invested as I probably would have been if I'd have seen really well-hyped original games again.
1: Yeah, and I think, actually, that's a that's really, really good point, and I wanted to say that. So I think age and growing up does play a bit of a part potentially in it but i think you're right in that i, I said to you imagine going from if if, if you live through it like they're going from a commodore 64 to the commodore amiga that was a jump that was wow this is where's technology gonna go but yeah. like you said now it feels like we're just getting revisions and there's no you get slightly shinier graphics yeah and the console does a little bit more
0: yeah in terms yeah. of
1: now you can stream you know from it but there's no real jump anymore and even like i said the games now you lose it like i said on the commodore 640 the amiga anyone could get a code a game for it and you had hundreds of different types of games now you get your premium games and they're generally the same games every other year i mean the assassin's creed they were they were releasing every year now i'm glad they've kind of taken a break and are doing it every other year i think yeah you know, yeah couple of years. far cries i love the far cries but i got far cried out i think because i was just playing it so <laughs> fifa every year there's slight changes there, and then they announce it with like some fancy buzzwords it's got like new i don't know player emotion engine and see them sweat <laughs> kind of thing but you know for me who isn't necessarily massively into football um sorry football games i should say it's like you said it's i'm, I'm still happy playing kind of like fifa uh fifa 18 yeah yeah Yeah, it's true (laughs) it's
0: true because in reality the games actually haven't come that far and you know what even with the systems as well we just talked like the systems aren't now for gaming like i remember when the xbox one came out xbox marketed it as being like the center of your living room because it was supposed to link to all of your other devices and it was like the center hub for everything it's like no we want a games console to fucking game yeah, so focus yeah. on the games yeah, 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 <laughs> don't yeah. stop 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 you know you've got really good exclusive um titles and game series i just think to myself i don't care that i can watch netflix on it because my telly does that anyway nowadays i don't care that you're giving me a web browser because i've got a laptop for that and a phone for that and that's the thing i feel like the 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 need for actual they've they've dropped the kind of The priority for it to be an actual gaming console, and now made it some like multimedia like device that you just don't need anyway.
1: I I think now they've come back full circle, so I think Microsoft have done wonders now with the SX, and I think towards the end of the Xbox One with Game Pass and everything, I think they're doing the right things again. You know, and they've got a lot of studios now. You know, whether it's age and time, because there there was a time where I could play till basically like one half one in the morning and still get up fine you know, this was yeah. years ago, and, and not, not worry about the fact I'm only getting like sort of six hours sleep, which I couldn't even dream of doing that now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the things I like. I like my big adventure games, but like I've said to you, the things I've pointed out, I like games that try to do a little bit something different, something innovative. So like that Metal Gear Solid game where that character read your memory card and yeah, and you had to unplug the controller as, as frustrating as it was, I look back at it and think that was a a a brilliant thing the you know when gta went from because you i don't know if you remember but gta originally was 2d top down game yeah
0: yeah i remember yeah
1: so when i played uh three again mind blown literally and there was a game recently i think it was it would have been on xbox one and i get mixed up in playstation three or four but it was um the lord of the rings games is it Mordor, battle for mordor or something like that yeah they introduced a nemesis system where if a character beat you it would rise in ranks in its like area or its its gang or whatever you know so so if 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 one of the orcs beat you it would start becoming more powerful and gain more respect do you know what I mean so you would have a nemesis system and if you beat it and and it ran off it would like come after you it it would like I think it would make its its life to to try to get you so things are trying to do things slightly differently and I oh, mean, the other thing, you know, back in the day, games were simpler, but at least you got the full game on the disc.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and most of the times they work. Not always. If a game was broken, you couldn't get it fixed because you couldn't update it or patch it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know now it's all dlc and it's microtransactions yeah
0: and that's the thing so do you know what uh, do you know what really illustrated the 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 thing really well so i i don't know if you remember but again like even when the first assassins creed came out it was really really well hyped and in actual fact even at the time i remember assassins creed being really a, the first one being really repetitive and completing really quickly. Yeah. But it was still a really amazing concept. And I think it probably got until maybe like the fourth or fifth one where it started to get really dry. But what I've felt now is that with games coming out, moving forward, like I think the Forza Horizon 5 is due to come out this year, I believe. Uh, Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. I remember seeing some like promotional stuff for it where somebody had got like hold of some footage. And the big like tag for how amazing this game was, was the reflections... In the windows of the car. And I was like, if you're telling me that the biggest detail that I should be caring about that makes this game so amazing is the fact that I've got a fucking accurate reflection of clouds in the back window of the car, you're mad and you should have done better.
1: But that was it. For a long time it was in games. It was like, oh, look at the water. Look at how they've done the water. And I'll never forget, it was um, one of the, the rebooted Tomb Raiders, but these are still quite old now looking at it. It was about Lara Croft's hair. It's like, oh, look how the hair moves. And it's like, this isn't what I used to, this is what gaming is about. But I get it, yeah, it's about what is the key selling point and if it's like a, a reflection in a car window or how, how a character's hair blows in the wind.
0: Yeah, but now that's what I mean. So so I think my, my lack of an, uh, as much of a pull in gaming is all because it's all about now tiny improvements as opposed to proper innovation. So even concepts for games and that sort of thing, like we're on Assassin's Creed 608, like, yeah, I get it, Forza's been great. And Forza is a great driving game, but I would just like to see something a little bit different. Because ultimately, again, the difference between Forza Five and Forza Four are menial. And the difference between Forza Four and yeah. Forza Three is yeah. again menial. Like there's just no no new pull for me that's kind of, you know, saying to me, Oh, that's a game that I really need to get. Even with what you said about Far Cry. Even Fallout, yeah. I think the most recent Fallout game in actual fact was crap.
1: The the online one, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I just, I I just, you know, and that's what I think it is. If you turned around and you had a release similar to that of Heavy Rain or Mag or Mass Effect, but as a different kind of title entirely, like the hype around those series of games were absolutely brilliant. And you felt like you needed to play them because they were something so new and so innovative, whereas now I just don't see that pull for anything, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I can go through patches where I kind of just, I I scroll through, I kind of do like Netflix, I scroll through the titles I've got and then just turn it off. Actually, going back to Assassin's Creed, I I need to say something that came to mind. I remember, again, totally agreeing with you, I got the original one and thinking it was good for for what it was doing, but yeah, it was very repetitive. It was doing the same thing over. And I remember finishing it and trading it Actually, my, my my partner, she went to trade it for me. And I remember the guy, at, I think it was Game or Game Station at the time, said to her, are you sure? Because this is going to be a really classic set of games in the future. To be fair, he turned out to be spot on. I mean, right back then. Um, I mean, we've said ourselves, uh, Assassin's Creed 2, the Ezio, Ezio trilogy. Oh, yeah, the Ezio
0: trilogy was brilliant.
1: I, I, I love, you know, the, the, that that was where it peaked for me. I mean, I, I enjoyed the new one, uh, Valhalla, but yeah, the SEO trilogy is where it's at. And, and also, it just feels like maybe companies just are either don't want to take a risk because FIFA X plus one sells and Call yeah. of Duty, insert number here, sells.
0: Yeah.
1: Or they've got to meet sort of investor deadlines. So we've seen, I mean, for me, I... I was so hyped for uh, cyberpunk. I saw that.
0: Yeah. God, the flop that came with cyberpunk was horrific.
1: I've not played it yet. I I hear, you know, I I think they say on the next gen consoles, it's decent. I'm sure on PC it's decent. You know, I love the company. They did the Witcher and I was hyped for years and years. And that's the thing. I, I don't feel I can be hyped for games anymore because I've seen I've seen the videos that game that game was broken on release for, yeah, for a lot of systems. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm sure it's deserved. I know a lot of people would have played it and it'd be fine. The company admitted themselves that that it shouldn't have been released, especially on the older gen systems. So is it that they don't want to take risk? I've got more fun, I think, playing some of the. The lesser known games on Game Pass, the indie games, yeah, I think, than I have on
0: the the AAA games, the so called AAA. Yeah, well, this is the thing that like, I've had more fun going back and playing Medal of Honor <laughs> Rising Sun than I would have done probably playing Call of Duty Warzone even still. And this is the thing, this is what I mean. It's like, oh, you know what? This the whole um, that whole game scandal when it released, and it was on PlayStation Four and Xbox One. It literally did look like a PS2 game. Oh, what Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. It, it, honestly, like when you watch the footage of that game, it it looked terrific, and it does beg the question: like, how did they ever think that they should be able to release this with the hype that surrounded it, it was yeah. actually unacceptable. <laughs>
1: and even, um, well, was it WWE Two K Twenty? I think that was that was a really buggy mess on its release.
0: Yeah, the WWE games have been poor for a long, long while. I think since Two K took over, um, those games have been really, really poor for a long while as well.
1: Well, I'm I'm a sucker for a wrestling game. Even though I don't tend to watch wrestling, I love wrestling games. So I did buy it a little while ago, so but I figured I'm, it's so far down line, load of patches. And to be fair, apart from some weird graphical glitches, I've gotten all right with it. You shouldn't have to wait two years
0: yeah, yeah, to play exactly, a game. Exactly.
1: And like I said, let you know, I'm not gonna kid you and look back at Rose Tinted glasses. You did have games. I mean, there are even rumors that some games, because they didn't have enough memory to coding it an ending. So they just made the games extra hard. So you probably couldn't get to the last level. Do, do you know what I mean? So, so you know, it's, it's, it's been going on <laughs> since day one, right? But I think nowadays, yeah, it's just disappointing that, you know, games have got all the marketing behind it, but they can, they can be released broken because they know as long as they've got that patch that's going to come out soon that they they can fix it.
0: Well, it's like even, you know what? We just talked about Mass Effect and how much we love that series. Do you remember they had to release a a redone ending? It was for Mass Mass Effect 3. 3? yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately, again, everybody was so disappointed. So even now, game developers are going into it thinking, well, you know, even in that instance, they turned around and released an alternate ending because they were like, we can still satisfy people. And I feel like there's less care that goes into it because it's true, like you said, nowadays you buy a game and if you buy the ultimate supreme gold, 18 gold plated edition you get all of the downloadable content all throughout the year well hang on a minute I paid £60 for the disc put the fucking downloadable content in the disc from the beginning if you know that you're going to release it over the course of the year was it
1: called the season pass where when you bought the game you had a code to be able to play online and then if you traded it or if you sold it if you bought it second hand you'd have to pay £10 Yeah. yeah 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 you didn't yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you need, need to find to a code yeah. to, to play online. And, and I mean, and I get it because resale, they don't get any anything from that. Probably if I look back at it when yeah. I was like a kid of 10, look at saying, right, in the future, you're going to have to pay like two pounds to get a new skin for a character or things that you used to unlock from
0: just playing the game. I'd have said, no, that won't happen. Because loot boxes were a huge thing for a period of time as well. And again, that's kind of why I've been a bit kind of, disenfranchised if that makes sense because i remember even like the call of duty games were releasing fucking loot boxes like i'm just like i don't give a shit about the outfit it was a fifa pack sack got that all started (laughs) wasn't it yeah oh fifa pack yeah yeah, it was. And I think that um, it was, don't, uh, don't quote me on this because I th- I'm pretty sure I'm certain. I think it was legislation that was brought in in Japan that meant that each game company would need to release the odds if they were selling you something that was like a chance thing. So with FIFA packs, now if you go on the game, it actually gives you the percentage of you getting particular items in the pack because otherwise it's gambling. And so you know what, even that made a bit of a difference because companies realised, well, we can't just stiff people with loot boxes. But there was a period of time where like loot boxes were getting you active benefit in games with pay items that were actually just better in game. Yeah, it was pay to win. And again, I just like I can't get on board with that. I'm like, I just want a good game from release. The only um thing that I accept with DLC was I think it was GTA four, um, but they released like was yeah, it the Ballad it of Gay in the- Tony? The Lost. And, like, and the all dammed. of the expansion packs, but I the Lost and the Damned, yeah, that was another one. And those those games kind of came with like full-on new storylines that they developed, and I didn't mind that because they were giving you content that was super worthwhile afterwards. Whereas now, for instance, you look at like a Forza, they'll get you to sign up for a season pass and all they do is put <laughs> additional cars in it. And I'm like, well, these cars existed when the game was made. Why are these $20 cars £20 not in the game? The Ferrari collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your Ferrari Bugatti pack. I'm like, what the fuck?
1: I'll probably put what I paid on FIFA packs and those. I probably could afford
2: a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but that's
1: true. It's like, you know, back in the down on PC, yeah, we, they were called expansion packs rather than DLC. And it was like a chunk of game. Oblivion, you know, Elder Scrolls Oblivion was one of my all-time favorite games. And I've replayed it recently again. Now it was a DLC. It was like fifteen quid, so it seemed a lot, but it was it was like probably about six, seven, eight hours, however long you made it may last of content. It was like a little sub game. Do you know what I mean? It was proper content, like you said. It was made to be played, and you know, not just yeah. We'll give you a new skin for these characters and a shiny sword that will give you two XP, two times XP for like thirty minutes when you activate it. But I still love gaming. And I, I think I will always love gaming. It's just, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, I think sometimes you can fall out of love with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably where I am a little bit at the minute because I've I i do, I, I've still set my phone up for Twitter accounts to remind me when Playstations are in stock. And I've actually yeah. had a couple of times recently a PlayStation in my basket. And I'm sat there and I'm like, but you know what, can I justify it with how I feel at the minute knowing that I'll probably play an odd game of FIFA and an odd game of Call of Duty? I'm like, I can't justify spending 600 quid to do that and I just don't benefit me in any other way because I'm like, well, I've got a fire stick that I use for all of my other media stuff. So I just, I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there might be an amazing game release over the next year. And I'm like, you know what? I need to buy a PlayStation. But apart from that,
1: before I finish uh, just another funny thing is, you know, you're playing a lot of a particular game where, so I was playing a lot of Call of Duty. I think I mentioned in last podcast that I on a forum met, you know, sort of a, a group of like five or six lads, we would play Call of Duty all the time. And um, it was, you know, in, in the multiplayer, you've got the UAV, so you'd put the UAV up and it would say, "Our UAV is online, you know, and UAVs yeah. the cheapest thing or the easiest thing to get, isn't it? And one of them, I think it was Modern Warfare 2, possibly, where it was in Paris, you'd have Bouncing Bettys. Do you remember the Bouncing Bettys?
0: Yeah, betties? yeah. And yeah put, know,
1: or, or Claymore <laughs> was going like, Planting Claymore and or Bouncing Betty. And like my other half, she, she would be listening and she'd, she'd be walking around and re- repeating after it. It's like, oh, "Are is online, Daniel? UAVs online." She say <laughs> you know, she would just hear it and keep repeating it. And and I remember playing Grand Theft Auto, and it was the I think Vice City particularly, but all of them since. It's like if I'm playing that when she's around. I can't progress the game because she just wants to listen to the soundtrack. So I just have oh. to drive around Los <laughs> Santos or something, playing the, the, the radio station she likes. And I'm like, I've got to get her a Spotify account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Vice City
0: did have a banging soundtrack. As yeah, well. brilliant. Yeah.
1: And it's like another one, it was Red Dead Redemption 2. She gets hooked watching the games, like the cutscenes. So, like, Mass Effect is, I'll, I'll keep saying it, I love Mass Effect, and it's very much cinematic. And she got hooked on me playing it because she was watching it for the story it was rather than I'm yeah. playing for the game. And Red Dead Redemption 2, again, is just like that. Now, it helped me actually because I got a bit bored with the side stuff, but the story at the centre of it is brilliant. And and yeah, she'd just be sitting down and watching the cutscenes unfold because she was getting sucked into the story it was. And so, you know, <laughs> while, while, you know, while we said the thing about games, if it's done right, they can be brilliant, forms of entertainment
0: Uh, yeah and this is true I mean I've even tried to get my mum previously into gaming by saying look there are probably (laughs) some particular games that you'd actually like like I always referenced Heavy Rain being a brilliant storyline more so as a film over anything else but yeah I think that you know it needs Sylvester Stallone uh, yeah yeah maybe yeah maybe if I turn around and got one of like I'm pretty sure they've made Rocky games haven't they
1: actually there's one just come out recently Creed, um, Creed Champion or something. It's it's basically it's got characters from all the films. So yeah, have a look. It's based on one of the existing boxing games, but they've just put like a Rocky skin over it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I see it. That's it. Creed Champions. Yeah, that's the it. Big Creed Rumble Champions. Boxing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. My final thing before you wrap up is, I yeah, I just have to. Say, I do love gaming. I've been fortunate to see it go through many sort of transformations yeah for all the like the criticism we've said at the end it's a great way of relieving the stress from work yeah and still you know still can be like again like you and i can jump on and have a game of fifa or something and it is still a good way of sort of keeping in touch yeah it's just for me it's just a a world that you can lose yourself in for uh, an hour half hour hour two hours whatever it's a yeah long mate Continue Xbox, follow me.
0: Yeah, you know what? When we when we do plug, maybe we should start tweeting at them because at this point it's unnecessary. I I did actually send them a DM as well, being like, "Look, you don't follow my uncle. You're (laughs) taking the piss, basically." Maybe we should send them a video of like us burning my Xbox One.
1: That's not going to get them to follow me.
0: Yeah, but it'd be like a protesty thing, wouldn't it? (laughs) I follow us back <laughs> what, what's
1: your final word
0: I mean like I said I think I'll always be partial to gaming I will get a PlayStation at some point but at the minute I am just enjoying the classics and I know that obviously my my idea of classics is probably different to your idea of classics
1: yeah, yeah San Andreas and Call of Duty 4 San isn't Andreas
2: it?
0: And Call yeah. of
1: Duty <laughs> 4 so, oh man this retro game Call of Duty 4 man <laughs> that's so cool you used to play these games
0: <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at like what on earth what, what and who is a Pac-Man <laughs> Um, <laughs> but we should, we should come back to this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But like I said, yeah, I, I think that hopefully I'll get a PlayStation at some point, and we can jump on and 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 relive some old memories. But yeah, barring that, I feel like I'm I'm good with my PlayStation 2 But yeah, we'd be it'd be good to hear your thoughts on it. Anybody that's listening to this, what have been your best experiences of gaming? What are your best and favourite consoles? What are the most iconic games that you've ever played that always stick out with you? Like I said, Heavy Rain, Mass Effect, all of those, even if they're they're kind of smaller ones as well. Do send us a tweet at casting views um you can pop us an email at castingviewspod at gmail.com and as always we know there's been many podcasts from which to choose but we thank you for listening to casting views